You're listening to The A-Game, an adcom podcast chronicling the week in media, technology, and agency life, featuring Joel Hammond, Jim Ganser, and Jeff Culleton. Oh, good morning, faithful listeners. Welcome to the final episode for 2018 of The A-Game. Woo-hoo. We are, instead of, instead of our newly founded quartet, we are a trio this week. Uh, because uh, James Thaddeus Ganser has chosen to begin his holiday uh, hibernation a little bit early, which I appreciate. But with me today, uh, as always... Who are you? Sans one. Oh, so I'm Jeff Culleton. Jeff Culleton, the Senior Director of Digital Strategy. Not Ooh. sure what that means, but That's I make it work. To my left is Senior Digital Strategist Morgan Rooks. Howdy. Who is, I, I think, without any question... The catalyst firecracker um, secret she's, sauce to our show. She's Aww. a boo. Yeah, well, Thanks, it's the holiday guys. season. I like to say nice things. Yeah. Uh, and then to my right, who I, you know, he's uncomfortable with it, but we've become very close friends. <laughs> <laughs> is, is the gentleman who runs our social media practice, Joel Hammond. Hello, Hello Joel. How are you today? Wait, so is this the last? I, I was planning to do just a solo show next. You're going to do solo show? <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, okay, you, you want it? Do it. <laughs> Just riff for 25 minutes. <laughs> just riff for 25 minutes. I'll be in Buffalo. I'm happy to call in. <laughs> Perfect. What do you, so plans for the holiday? Anybody? Anybody going anywhere? I know I am. I'm Morning. not. Uh, not? We, no. Just post I'm up. Cleveland through and through. Uh, we're actually hosting Thanksgiving dinner, or Thanksgiving, uh, we're hosting Christmas dinner, um, man, oh man. doing a traditional English dinner. What is a traditional English dinner? Standing rib roast, Yorkshire pudding, smashed potatoes, some type of vegetable. That sounds amazing. I'm going to have a tablescape. It's going to be a good time. So this is on Christmas? On Christmas, yes. Okay, that's very interesting because we do nothing on Christmas. Mm. We order Chinese food. But in lieu of Chinese food, I actually might come over to your house. You should. You should. Actually, so Christmas Eve is our big thing. We're Polish, and uh, Christmas Eve is Vigilia, which is a very big Polish celebration on Christmas Eve. And normally, we're pretty low-key, but this year, because it's been a difficult year, uh, not to go into personal things, I decided to have a, a special little You're going all out. Christmas dinner going and all out. Uh, invite some family and some friends. Nice. Little, to get down a, a level deeper on Morgan, Morgan is an Anglophile. I am. Which means she is completely infatuated with all things United Kingdom. Yep, this is true. And so the traditional English, whatever we're talking about right now, is not surprising one bit. It shouldn't be. It's no. also delicious. She's going to watch uh, the sp- uh, Tottenham Hotspur this oh, weekend. Oh, sure. Yep. Prior mm-hmm. to uh, Christmas. How long Christmas How long you got you, you to cook that standing rib roast? Um, I don't know how many pounds we have. It doesn't take long. I do a reverse sear, and this has nothing to do with this episode, by no, the way. No, that's okay. But I do the reverse the sear work. method where you cook it low and slow, and then you turn it up to high and sear it. <sighs> Traditionally, a lot of people sear first and then and low and slow after. Mm. Um, no. I like so, your you know what that You know what those people are called? <laughs> amateurs. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, amateur hour. <laughs> it'll probably amateurs. take about three hours. Okay. Right. Actually, like the smashed potatoes take surprisingly long. The house is going to smell delicious. Time. Joel, oh. what about you? Joel, Me? Joel, from Youngstown. Me? Originally from the Yo. Yes. The Yo. Yeah, no, uh, my son and I, we're, I'm taking my son on his first flight. Oh, that's right. Yes, we are going to Chicago. So Do you want to was... inform everybody what you texted me last night and I saved your holiday? Well, Ooh. yeah, you. it was a great suggestion. I'm going to do that for precautionary purposes, but it appears that you don't actually have to do that. However, however, it is good a, a good precautionary measure. So, is, Do you f- need identification first for flight. your child? It just hit me last night, like... Do I like my, does my two and a half year old need some sort of ID? Like it sounds silly to ask, but like you know, you go to the airport, like everybody needs an ID, right? So anyway, 
uh, we should be we should be good. So first flight, uh, I've got all I've got about 40 different items for my bag, including snacks, toys. I mean, it's literally a 40 40 minute flight. So uh, it is. He's yeah. he's been a little sick, so I'm hoping his ears uh, my, his ears are my big concern. We'll yeah. see how he does. I I, I think we're going to be good. We got I've got enough toys and snacks to and an iPad and a movie Cars two. Big lightning, great movie. Big lightning McQueen. Well, Don't lightning forget McQueen the hot movie. cup tip. Parents, parents, right. if you are flying with children, know about the hot cup. Get a, a styrofoam cup, put a napkin on the bottom, and ask the flight attendant for just a tiny, tiny bit of hot water that they use for tea to soak the napkin. Test it on your hand, make sure that there's no drips, and then put it over your child's ear. It will steam it open. How about this? So I've my children have flown a handful of times. This is the first time I've ever heard of this. Thank you, Morgan. I don't even have kids. Morgan I don't plan on having kids. kids. So this is a this is definitely a parent tip. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and I myself, so if Morgan's an Anglophile, I'm a Buffaloophile. Mm. Um, all things Buffalo. I'm a file. Through and through, even though I don't live there. Um, so we'll be going back there. So I, we do. Excellent. This is My wife is a genius. And um, Christmas Day, uh, since her family is here, my family is in Buffalo, we do nothing. We just hang out at home. Coolest thing ever. I love it. And so uh, we're going to do that. We'll go back to Buffalo. We'll catch the Sabres game nice. on the 30th. Very excited about that. Is Maxima Finganoff still playing? Maxima Finganoff is not Maxima. Uh. Uh, he's retired in the NHL. I believe you can play in, Plays in the... R- uh, the Russian Premier League until yeah. you're dead. <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, like with Jeremy. Uh, oh, we got the Capitals tonight. Should we bring up the Tom Wilson knocked out some Penguins guy the other night? Oh, don't even. Oh, Golly, oh we really don't have wanna, enough You really want to set this puppy off. Wow. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to bite my tongue. All right, yeah. Morgan, we really should get to the to the show. Morgan though. is a diehard Penguins fan. And I'm going to pivot right now, pivot, because we had a good year. It's great. We had a real good year. We had a, we had a hell, of a, hell of a jump off to this year podcast. I mean, is it top 10 on iTunes? It's not. It's creeping. It will be in that direction. Twenty nineteen goals. Twenty nineteen goals. Add so that to your list, Jeff. What I, I I'm very diligent about goals. I think Joel was just making fun of me. What? Um, but if you request in comments um, to see my goals, I'm happy to send them out to you. I like to send them out. Um, but this is actually a great time. So if if people need to find us, Joel, where would they find us? On our social channels. Yeah, they need to uh, follow us on Instagram at the AdComp Group. Mike Palks, our, our show executive producer slash vice president um, of, the show, of the show, uh, does a great job there. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. We've got a lot of uh, great content plans for 2019. So hit us up there and request Jeff's goals because they're they're uh, inspiring. I think they are inspiring. Yeah. They inspired me. And don't forget to rate and review Oof. on iTunes, yeah, SoundCloud. Please. Please. We've got Stitcher. Uh, we're still we're we're still grinding out for those reviews. Right. We need them. So what what we wanted to do today was a little year in review. So we've got you're 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 listening to the nineteenth episode right now. You know who maybe our most unlikely listener is? My brother. Oh. Wouldn't have expected it. So so big hello and holiday spirit to my brother. Hey, What's Steve. his name? Steve. What's up, Steve? Steven Dixon College. What up, Steve? Sitting there every time he listens to the show, he goes, "It's weird to hear your voice on a podcast," um, which I take as a sign of love. Thank you for listening. Um, so what we want to do is we want to go through um, uh, what were the hot episodes and the hot topics of this year. We'll give some final end-of-the-year takes, maybe some uh, Nostradamusing about Ooh. what is in the future uh, of each of these things. And then we'll wrap it up with maybe a holiday song like uh, uh, John Lennon, Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll do that. Uh, we'll no, do- no, no. Last Christmas. Last Christmas? Oh, yeah. yeah yes. You always have been a, a huge favorite. George Michael fan. Rest in peace. <laughs> hashtag um, hashtag, <laughs> hashtag favorite. Uh, no baby, it's cold outside. 
No. No. Morgan's giving me the hardest stare ever. I did it mm. on purpose. Okay. So uh, top episodes of the year. I'll just go top four. We've got 18, soon to be 19. Um, but number one, Netflix is testing ads. This was a lightning rod. People are very, very, very protective of their <laughs> Netflix experience. Even if Netflix is trying to sneak things in, um, <laughs> they didn't seem to be a gigantic fan of that. Number two, Amazon's quiet takeover of Google Search, mm. uh, which I think is very... Uh, so before the show, I lovingly referred to Amazon and Google as frenemies, to which uh, Morgan immediately corrected me and said, they are not friends. And I said, Woof. Yeah, I don't think there's any friendship. No. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's the no biggest kids lost. in the playground thing. Respect. Yeah, I, I definitely think that there's respect. There has to be. Maybe some mutual respect. Yeah. Like, you got game, you got game. Yeah. I hate you. They you, dap you up and pass. You know, they, they dap up and pass. rock. Yeah. It's maybe on the holidays, maybe on a birthday. Sure. They'll look at each other in the hallway. Okay. Maybe they trade a Facebook, you know, a Facebook wall greeting on birthdays. From you know? time to time. Sure. Mm. Yeah. But it's it's a pretty canned one. Yeah. No, Happy it's like the auto Google. one. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah. definitely. It's the LinkedIn <laughs> auto one. Right. Congrats. Right. Comma Google. Yep. Exclamation point. Okay. Uh, number three, can you monetize your personal data? Is that the future of data ownership? Is it going to revert back to? Um, is it going to revert back to the personal responsibility, which right now it certainly is not by any stretch of the imagination? And number th- uh, number four, which um, I personally liked quite a bit because I think this is this is this is the if we're talking about a social influence bubble, uh, influencers. And maybe that middle tier of influencers are a hell of a bubble right now. And so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. But so, I, I, I'll, Morgan, I'll kick it to you first. Um, it, both, both of the ads topics kind of fall right in, in your wheelhouse. Netflix and, and Google search. What do you, you know, paid media, where are we going? What does it look like? Well, that's a, that's a loaded question. It's big. Um, it's big. We got time. I think if we look back at paid media in 2018, there were a lot of stories about how is data collected, how data is used, and perhaps how data is misused. And I think this ties a lot into to you know Joel's area, which is social media. But um, you know, we kind of kicked off the year with the whole Cambridge Analytica thing in Facebook and, and how this data was, was taken and used for nefarious purposes. Facebook had a year. Um, Pardon? Facebook had a year. Oh. Yeah. Oh, fa- yeah. Facebook could be an episode all on its own. Facebook yeah. has definitely been a year. And the interesting thing about the Facebook's year, and I think this applies for all paid media and data stories, is that people weren't quite as outraged as perhaps the media made them out to be. <laughs> you know, we at the beginning of the year, we thought Fact. Facebook was going to fall. Like, it was the end of Facebook as we know it. People were going to be leaving in droves. Advertisers were going to be leaving in droves. And... Now that we're at the end of the year, we're seeing that didn't happen. Yeah. Can I? Can I? So I, I had a very interesting conversation. It was with uh, uh, one of our clients. Uh, we were out of the office, and and I brought up, which was a part of that episode, was the the um, the the idea that was Facebook too big to fail, mm-hmm. and he immediately took offense to it because. Uh, the, the too big to fail moniker comes from the financial crisis in 2008 and the banks that were bailed out and so on and so forth. And he took offense to the fact, and rightfully so, I think he's one of the smarter people that I've met, um, took offense to the fact that the banks are an underpinning of our society and really letting them fail is too dangerous uh, at, at a certain point. And Facebook is not that. And so I, I completely concede that. But... Correct. 
But I feel, I, I question, has social media, specifically Facebook, become as like ubiquitous as television? You know, you can't ask people to, to give up television. Some people will. There's always people on the fringes that are going to mm-hmm. give up television, especially like look at it through the lens of television in the 1980s. Yeah. Um, and now people are still sticking with Facebook because it's so ingrained in their lives. We, we did a show, well, earlier in the year after Cambridge Analytica came out, our clients were asking us, all right, so what does this mean? Should we stop advertising there? I think you just alluded to that a little bit, Jeff. But so we went from that in March, April, or whenever the heck that, that popped up. We did a show, one of our first shows of the A-game was, okay, what would Facebook have to do for people to, to leave the platform, right? It, <laughs> right? Was like a, it was like a two-week stretch of they had a data breach, then mm-hmm. they had uh, some PR stuff happen. Well, and then Mark Zuckerberg's on Capitol Hill looking right. particularly like an robotic. Alien. Right, like an alien, yep. yeah. So it's, it's funny how like we, uh, the, you could trace Facebook's year through our, our clients and then through our shows, and now we're here, and it's like, all right, so what, there was just something that happened last week where uh, there, yes. was an, there was another breach. Facebook, yeah. Well, there wasn't a breach. It wasn't a breach. Excuse me. Breach is the wrong uh, It came out that Facebook authorized um, Spotify oh, and right. Netflix to access the personal messages of Is Facebook. that why Spotify is blocked on our Wi-Fi network? No, it's yeah. not. That's a network issue. That <laughs> is a, that's a speed issue. Believe me, we've, we've discussed. So both Facebook and Spotify have openly stated that they did not know or they did not use any of that data. Yeah. You know, and um, a lot of it's being traced back to people who use the Facebook login. So, you know, you can, you go to a site, you go to register, it says, you know, log in, log in with Facebook, log in with Google. And um, the people who chose log in with Facebook then had their their data available to Netflix and Spotify. But it was one of those things where consent wasn't clear. Facebook did not make it clear that they were sharing that level of personal information yeah. with um, with their consumers. Also, um, a few years ago, when Facebook came out with the Messenger app, mm-hmm. it became publicly uh, known that if you were to use Messenger, that Facebook was actually trawling your message, your personal message content to serve you ads. And I think that was the first instance where I know personally, I was like, mm, too close. Do I need Facebook? Do I need Messenger? But here I am, several years later, still using Messenger. And what are my alternatives? I could use WhatsApp. Oh, wait, owned by Facebook. They mm-hmm. kind of have the market cornered, and there are definitely alternatives, but they're just, they're not there. They're not at that level. Your friends and family, they aren't there. So they, pro- they provide enough value Yeah. that we are willing to overlook. I mean, at this point, anything is a ridiculous statement, but... We are willing to overlook monumental things that would, would would submarine another company of not Facebook's ilk. We're just comfortable. We're, we're comfortable with the cycle. We're comfortable with usage, mm-hmm. something happening, being outraged usage. Yeah. We're, we're real comfortable with just going back to the habit. People are angry, but not angry enough. Yeah, so this go we... You know, again, you can trace these issues through our shows throughout the year. You you mentioned our third most popular show was monetizing your own personal data. We mm-hmm. talked a lot about data this year, and mm-hmm. and like Facebook, we have decided. I think most people have decided that um, companies or whomever being able to like know where you are or have your data like that's not da- potentially damaging enough for you to not enable your location services on your phone when yep. you are using Waze or, or you know, like that doesn't, it, it's just risk, risk benefit, right? Mm-hmm. So Facebook 
the the trade-off is being able to connect with people, being able to see relevant di- content, whatever, blah, blah, blah. We have found that everything that Facebook has done is not bad enough that it would change our habit. Similarly with data, like I'm not doing anything bad, so I don't care yeah. if, if like the convenience for me, we talked about the Burger King app and we talked about, I go back to Waze and Maps. I'm trying to think of another uh, relevant app that I use that um, needs my location, but like, I've decided, what's that? Weather. Weather. Perfect, perfect. So I've decided that the convenience of those things and, and their relevance to me is far more important than somebody having data that I don't really care about because I'm not doing anything bad. So take it a level below Facebook. So we do not work with Facebook as a client. Uh, we very deeply work with Facebook from a uh, you know, paid advertising side of things. Mm-hmm. But for this is only true for Facebook and maybe a couple others. But... I think one of the things that I this underpins to me is 99.999% of the brands are not Facebook and do not have that value, that ingrained need from people to be flippant about how secure and how explicit their opt-ins are in data. Because outside of Facebook, almost everybody else can be taken down from a major data breach. And I'm, I'm not, so everybody looks back at Target and Target is certainly still like a, you know, an operating entity and they're healthy and they have shareholder value. But if you look at Target's value before the breach and after the breach, it's never recovered, ever. Hmm. And so the value of something, maybe it doesn't completely go away, but the explicit nature of the way that you collect data, how you use data, and how you maintain and secure the data of your customers is still and is going to be in the future so paramount for everybody. Nobody wants to end up on Capitol Hill. No. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the there's there's a there's a narrative in the market that is dangerous, which is these breaches happen. It's just something that is. Yeah. And while that is a fact of reality, it, mean, it, it doesn't mean that just because it's probably going to happen to you that it shouldn't be your primary concern because almost nobody's got the cachet to you know, lose five, eight, 10 million records to the black market and then recover. I mean, something's, something has to change is the way I look at it. We've, we've gone through years now of maybe not the level of data breaches that we've seen recently with, with Facebook and Target, but even 10 years ago, you had you know credit card data being stolen from places sure. like Bed Bath & Beyond, um, Marshalls. So many comp- cor- corporations have their data stolen that they're, I think in addition to data protection acts like GDPR, we need just an overhauling of the way that personal data, credit card data, um, like social security information is handled and stored. That sounded like a blockchain. I was just going to say, Jeff. (laughs) Oh, wow. Is there a technology that might prove to be the future? So uh, anybody who listens to the show knows I'm very involved in blockland and blockchain and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. But I think one of the the most interesting things about being that close to that movement, at least in this area and, and how it's affecting companies, is, you know, that there's no silver bullets. Blockchain is not a product. It is a process. And it is, if you're going to create a solution, it is a piece of a solution. 
it is not the solution. And so moving towards a way that data is either more openly transparent or less able to be altered is or, or better encrypted through whether, whether it's through cryptography or whatever it is um, is extremely important but blockchain and I don't say this at the to undervalue it is hype distributed ledger technology is 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 in a in a hype phase right now uh, it is going to be highly useful but it is not going to it's not people call it internet 2.0 which is just false that's absurd anybody calls anything internet 2.0 that person doesn't know what they're talking about because the internet isn't internet 2.0. Nobody knows, like, all the people who say those kind of things, ask something to explain to you the internet. Like, give me the actual fundamental workings of it. Talk to me about data centers. Talk to me about connectivity. Talk to me about how these this data gets from place to place. And they don't know. Can we talk to Al Gore? You can talk to tool. Al Gore. I bet, you know what? I bet Al Gore's having a great day today. <laughs> Waking up in California. Sure he is. Probably real nice outside. Probably. Um, probably he's got a view of the ocean. That'd be my guess. Mm. But the the underlying theme of all this stuff is this stuff happens because it's hard, and it's really hard for an enterprise to protect against all permutations of something bad happening when the people who are trying to break in are functionally independent entities that can stop and start and stop and start and find a new way and do this, and you just can't find all the permutations. So. Does that does that turn back into in what I think we've talked about before is how much of the onus in the future is gonna is gonna fall on the person versus the brand, and my I surmise that the the person is going to have to take significantly more ownership of their own digital footprint in the future, uh, and there will be technologies that rise up to allow that to happen uh, because fundamentally. It's irresponsible, although convenient, to say, hey, Target, have all my stuff. Hey, Whole Foods, have all my stuff. Hey, Amazon, have all my stuff. And then get really mad at them <laughs> when somebody finds a way in. Yeah. So I, it's, it's, a, it's a very, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a question without an answer. It's a question with many, many, many answers that are going to have to turn into something over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I very much think that's the way the market is going. Um, and... Technologies like blockchain or distributed ledger will be so. I, th- here's the argument that I always pose: Internet's not going away. Everybody kind of fundamentally believes that. Uh, we're going to keep building bigger and better user experiences and interfaces to handle problems uh, in our day-to-day lives to to optimize convenience. When we build those things moving forward, we will start using things like blockchain to handle data as opposed to just what we do now, which is kind of single point databases, which have a lot of failure points. So I, I don't I don't know. It's once again, when I say hype, I don't mean hype in a negative way. I mean hype in a when technology gets to enterprise, it's for a re- very realistic I solve the problem of X. It's not because, you know, Scott Disick talks about it on which I'm pretty sure Scott Disick has never talked about it on his social <laughs> platforms but it's not because Blockchain? an influencer Blockchain talks solution. about it mm. that it just comes to fruition with speaking of influencers pivot Joel knows about influencers pivot. well so I got on my data Morgan got on paid ads yeah the the social is growing it's going through a lot of growing pains 
um, not surprisingly with the rate of growth. Yep. But the, you know, the, you know, two things that I think uh, have come out this year a lot in the market, uh, the role of influencers mm-hmm. um, and how that's evolving and, you know, organic reach uh, within the platforms. And nobody's better to talk about that and what you think, where that came in 2018, where it's going in 2019. Yeah. So organic reach is going to continue to decline. So we have clients, new business opportunities that, uh, hey, let's let's do social. Let, let's do it. I love it. Social is yeah, great. Let's, it's free. It's free. <laughs> it's totally free. And maybe it used to be free, but it's not free anymore. And so that it's, it's, uh, it can be frustrating for, for companies who, and we try to manage expectations and I try to manage expectations with our account people where it's like, when we're talking to potential new business opportunities, we need to make sure that um, we are cautious in what we promise on social. You know, like this is no longer come up with a great content plan and it's going to be, you're going to kill it. You're going to be the next Wendy's. You're going to be the next uh, Cleveland Taco Indians. Bell. You're going to be the next Taco Ooh, Bell on Snapchat. you the next Cleveland Indians. You see what he just you did know? right there? Dropped um, in his own work. That was a portfolio hit. Well, I don't know. It's not, it's not like that. But, but it's harder now, right? It's, it's, it's more than just, hey, I've got a great content idea. Um, now you've got to manage um, how you're executing it, how you're distributing it, what money you're putting behind it. Um, so it can be, fr- we, we just had a new business opportunity in yesterday and um, I thought that, that paid social was a big opportunity for them and um, I'm not quite sure they, they expected that, um, that recommendation um, because it's, it can be, it needs to be part of your, part of your plan and part of your budget now. So. Um, that's going to continue, I think. Some, with, with our clients, we're seeing massive drops in organic reach on Facebook. We're, we're also seeing big jumps in organic reach on Instagram. So um, that is a good thing. And, um, and we'll, we've continued to, to shift strategies, shift priorities to that platform. Um, it feels like the, almost a third iteration of social right now in my head of the first one was give it to the young people for yeah. a brand. Uh-huh. Give it to a young people they are familiar with it. The second was, oh my God, this is, you know, we've got all this reach. We can talk about ourselves. It's, it's free fundamentally. Let's get there. The third is, this is a paid channel yeah. now in order to be relevant and get eyes. And I think the C-suite is maybe coming to grips with that now. Yeah, especially if you're, if you're just like dipping your toes into the water. Like you can't treat, you know, you can't treat social as, hey, this is going to be a great, a big time like driver of, our of our event of our plan of our product if you if you're starting out if you have if you have a small audience like it's just not going to do it for you you got 700 to, people yeah that's, no, you, <laughs> that's not going to do it for yeah you. um so you've got to strategize beyond that and that maybe that used to maybe be, be the case but it's certainly not anymore and so how do you do that so then you shift to paid paid plans and you shift to influencers we talked about mm-hmm. influencers now where, where i see that going in 2019 is uh, more scrutiny, but at the same time, this needs to be part of our client, our clients of companies' plans. That if you're in a, I mean, even if it's B two B, there are opportunities there. You know, yeah. we're we're executing some B two B influencer strategies. Um, again, going back to organic reach, we're seeing that user generated content and and audience content is performing much better. And I've you've heard me say this a million times, like if Plumber Y tells audience members X and Z that this product is great. That's far more powerful than 
company manufacturer yeah. Z uh, or whatever. I'm I'm at, at the end of the alphabet, yeah. but um, you get where I'm going. So manufacturer so, R. Yeah, A, sure. So you've got to. It's a, it should be a big part of plans for for 2019. But you know we've seen a number of like funny stories. We just shared the one from Hope this week uh, from the Atlantic about. Um, it, it, posing as influencers, right? <laughs> yeah. Me going to, I've got a, okay, so I've got a, 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 a minor social following. So I'm going to- That's gonna, not true. He's being self-deprecating. No, 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 very minor in, in the grand scheme of things. But if I go this weekend, I'm going to Chicago, we mentioned that. If I go to Lou Malnati's, right? Um, I go to Lou Malnati's and I tweet out- It's great pie. Oh. oh so good. It's great pie. It's so good. Um, hey, Lou Malnati's, thanks for the hospitality, right? That kind of looks like, hey, you know, these guys paid me for this. It may boost my profile a little bit. This is a great story, and we maybe we'll tweet this out so people can see it at the AdCom group on Twitter. But um, all of a sudden, it, somebody may see that and say, oh, this does this guy have reach? Maybe we should be partnering with this guy. Now, yeah. I'm not the guy to do that because, again, my fault. But but if if somebody with 20,000 Instagram followers goes on vacation to uh, the Dominican Republic uh, this um this Christmas, and they hey, what a what a great mimosa at Hotel X. Yeah. Well, hmm. Let's see. You, use relevant hashtags. Maybe Hotel Y. Here we go with X Y Z again, guys. Sorry, but um, uh, <laughs> but okay. So all of a sudden, there's an appearance of this person is more influential than they really are because they're posing as. So it, we just continue to see um, stories and studies pop up that there's more oversight and more more analysis and more. Um, scrutiny on these people. So you're going to have to make sure that your strategy is sound. I thought one of the most interesting things that I saw this year was content starting to come in about how not glamorous it is to actually be an influencer. Yeah. I thought, I think I I read a half a dozen to a dozen articles this year about, you know, the perfect pose, the perfect this, the perfect that, how not glamorous it is to actually be an influencer. And that's, I mean, that that's interesting in and of itself because it just goes to show you it's all face value like fabricated stuff. Oh yeah. Once yeah. upon a time, I was a blogger for a wee bit, and oh. I would get. What was the topic? England? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I was a, a food, bands? food and running blogger um, oh. for a very brief moment when I first started here at AdCom. So this is called Fun and, Run. Um, it was not. No. Oh, okay. Um, and I had people send me products. So this was, you know, before what we know as influencers today on social media, but, you know, they would send me products. And it was not, it, I mean, it was great, but it was also sometimes you got products that were just not good. I had a company send me all sorts of these Stevia products that I had to talk about and put into recipes, and they were terrible. But then you spend hours trying to get the perfect photograph and get your lighting right and talk about a product that you don't really like, but you kind of got, so you feel a little bit more obligated to be a little bit nicer about it. And Talk to me about this. Does that only happen when you explicitly agree to receive the product beforehand? Or do you, do they, are brands now just sending that product and like, hey, can we have a relationship? Cold like, call? There's a con- Just a cold knock. I would get emails out of the cold blue. Cold knock. I would get email because of my content, I would get emails out of the blue from companies that some I've heard of, some I've not heard of, um, that would ask me to review a product. Sometimes I said yes, sometimes I said no. Um, there were a few times when I reached out to companies where I'd purchased their product and I reached out to them and said, hey, I really like your product. I really talk want to talk about your product on my blog more than I already do. Can I have a discount code? Can I have something for a giveaway? And, for you know, your those, readers. Yeah, giveaways are huge ways to get more readers 
to subscribe to your blog. Like, sure. That was that was the bread and butter back in in 2010 or whatever year. It Oof, was. man. Guys, can I tell Trailblazer. you what a, what a great idea I just had listening to this? <laughs> in 2019, we should have Crave Clee on the podcast to to tell us more about how oh, they partner guys. with. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be great. Crave Clee is a group of ad com employees who have become a, a micro foodie influencer in our in our hometown of Cleveland. So they certainly would have um, interesting perspective on on how um great partnership how approached yes. yesterday legacy village yes yeah so which I was... is not has a ton of food but mm-hmm. is not in an it is an outdoor shopping venue yeah i was actually speaking with bailey who is a part of crave last night and she was talking about the sponsorships they're getting from local shopping centers and, and local restaurants and and some of just the background that goes with that. So it would be great to have them on to talk yeah. about that. Follow Crave Clee, follow ad, the AdCom group on all social channels, and you'll see more of all this stuff. And I, I it's been a great year. I think great year. this, yeah. I, I couldn't be happier. And I'll, you know, I think we can speak for Jim as well in saying it, it's kind of how this is all material. Thaddeus? Thaddeus? As Jim would say, actually, you can win them all. Oh. Actually, you can win them all. Look for look for your your A game. We gotta get uh, the A game T shirts on our Instagram channel for sure. Door quote T shirts coming to you shortly, which Morgan was nice enough to create for the three boys for the holidays, which were Joel absolutely pod- awesome. Joel and the podcast boys. Joel and the podcast boys. <laughs> the hottest mixtape of 2019 is yeah. coming from Joel and the podcast. Joel and the podcast. You know what it's called? What is it? Scared money don't make money. <laughs> That's right. It's not Joel and the Podcast Boys anymore now. It's Morgan and the Podcast Boys. Oh, wow. Boys. I mean, Morgan's mom, thank you for listening to our show in 2018. We'll, thank you, Morgan. Also, really shout out to my BFF, Tara, who is a loyal listener and texts me after every Tara, episode. what up, Tara? So I think I this has been, it's been a great year. I think we're super looking forward to 2019 and doing this show weekly, uh, 50, maybe 50 pops at it. That's in my goal. 50 for pops. 50 pops. 50 podcasts. 50, 50 podcasts. All right. So let's see. We're going to, well, yeah, we should be good with that. Yeah. We'll just miss Thanksgiving week and Christmas week next yeah. year. That's it. 50 is, 50 is good. We won't miss New Year's week because we'll be here. Yeah, we'll be here. Perfect. Let's so go. I feel, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Uh, so I, I just think we've been, the the turnout has been super fun. It's been, uh, <laughs> if you're looking, a year with plenty of news to talk about. Uh, in the marketing realm, and that doesn't show any signs of uh, of toning down anytime soon. So uh, I think just to the the audience who's listening to us, we're very grateful uh, for taking the time out, whether you're running, whether you're trying to go to bed at night, whether you're taking a walk on a Saturday like Michael Pauks. Yeah. Driving a car. Driving a car. Driving a car. Wherever you're at. Uh, we look forward to uh, many more episodes in 2019. Have a happy holiday. Bye. Yeah, and happy holidays. Have a great week. And uh, what were we going to end the show with? Last Christmas. Uh, no, last Christmas. No, no, no. Christmas. I think we'll end the show with uh, Keep the Change, You Filthy oh, Animal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jeff, have take a, it away. Have a great, Keep the Change, You Filthy Animal. Have a great holiday, everyone. We'll see you in 2019.